0: Good afternoon and welcome to the 330 Sports Show. Today is Tuesday, August 1st, August 1st, 2023. My name is Justin Coffin. We're going back a little old school. We used to do shows down here at one o'clock in the afternoon. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, my time schedule today just worked out better to do this anyways today. So thank you for turning, tuning in. Make sure to follow Youngstown Studio. Uh, make sure to follow the 330 Sports Show on social media. So I'm going to be joined here by Joe Danier. We're going to get in a lot of topics today. We're going to start with sports. We're going to start with the Cleveland Guardians. We're going to start with Cleveland Browns. We're going to start with the Hall of Fame, Joe Thomas, uh, the best Top 5 Tuesday um, is going to be the best defenses in NFL history. We're going to talk some Brawny James. We're going to talk some Jim Harbaugh. And then we're going to get weird at the end. We're going to talk about a bunch of random stuff in the news and pop culture. So let's start with the Hall of Fame game, which is in Canton, as you know, right here in the three three zero. Pretty awesome. The 2023 class this year is Rondé Barber, Don Coryell. Chuck Howley, Joe Klecko, Darrell Rivas, Ken Riley, Joe Thomas of the Cleveland Browns, Zach Thomas, and DeMarcus Ware. That is your list uh, for the Hall of Fame members going in this weekend. So um, pretty awesome stuff. It's, It's always really cool that the first game of the NFL season starts right here in the 330, right up the street in Canton beautiful stadium if you have not been there definitely recommend uh checking that out there's going to be a lot of cleveland browns fans up there this weekend uh as as well as you know a lot of representation from a lot of other other teams but uh the jets with darrell revis and the browns with joe thomas kind of the two featured teams and that's why they are uh playing this um thursday to kick off the NFL season. So let's go over Joe Thomas's career. Obviously he was on some really bad Cleveland Browns teams. However, he was kind of the diamond in (laughs) the, whatever you want to call it, the diamond in the rest of what, what was going on with the Cleveland Browns in his career, only 48 and 128 for his career, not a great record, no playoff experience uh, or appearances, but he Played great for the Cleveland Browns. Arguably one of the best left tackles to ever do it. Played 10,363 consecutive snaps, which is the longest streak since the NFL kept that up, uh, kept track of that since 1999. Uh, he was an all pro six times, uh, two times uh, second team all pro uh, during his 11 seasons. And I believe he was in the 2010 um, class like the best players in the nfl so joe you know shares the name with you what what was your memories of joe thomas now you know they don't they don't rush the ball you know they don't you know they don't accumulate a lot of stats you know offensive linemen but what's your memories of joe thomas
1: well see what i liked about him is that he was so good and anytime that they talked to him. It was his passion was fishing. Like Mm -hmm. the dude loved outdoors. Yeah. Nothing else.
0: Yeah. It was really cool. Cause you know, when they go to the NFL draft and they show guys getting drafted, they're always wearing these really cool suits and, you know, walking the red carpet and doing that wherever the draft happens to be now. And like you said, I think on draft night, he was out on some Lake in Wisconsin just fishing with his right, uh, with exactly. his dad, I think. So that's that was my that's my favorite because
1: cool. that made that was his priority. Anytime they would get a vacation, he'd mm-hmm. go and go fishing and be an outdoor.
0: Yeah. Place. Really, just a really cool guy. Um, and and since he's dropped a ton of weight. And if you have not seen him, he is absolutely like chiseled. He is a freak. Um, but good for him. I know his wife was a great athlete at Wisconsin as well. I think a volleyball player, maybe, or a soccer player, but um both. Great athletes and uh, Joe Thomas did Cleveland very, very proud, even though the Browns didn't (laughs) do him well.
1: Do do you know like when you order something from Wish and it shows up and it's a lot smaller than that that scaling thing? Well, I went to a camp uh, in Berea and... I I got to stand next to the side on the sidelines and I stood next to Joe Thomas. His calf was (laughs) as big as my freaking body. This dude was enormous. It was the reverse wish thing. He was way bigger than I thought he was.
0: (laughs) He is a large individual, large individual. Um, so, you know, just some really cool stuff. It was really neat to hear him, um, He kind of broke down and got emotional, even though he knew it was coming when they came and told him. Um, There's another really cool story where the Denver Broncos, who Peyton Manning was the quarterback at the time, they tried to trade a first-round pick for Joe Thomas, and Joe Thomas did not want to leave the Cleveland Browns organization. And he is still a large figure within that organization, you know, as a figurehead. But he'll go into um, the—he'll still go into camps. And work with the offensive linemen show them the proper techniques and stuff which is great because kind of giving back even though you know he might not have had the success on the field as a team he did as an individual and can kind of give back to this team that might actually be really good um but you know maybe not have the left tackle of his caliber either so So do you
1: do you think it we robbed him of that being on the, he was loyal to us. Yeah, he could have gone anywhere he wanted, especially right. you know midway through that career. Yeah, and he stuck with it, and he didn't get any Super Bowl appearance. Yeah, well, yeah, he, or- he
0: didn't even have a playoff appearance, yeah. let alone any Super Bowl. Um, but he,
1: he could have gone to a team, and they would have paid for him. He
0: he could have, but you know, there's something to be said about loyalty and being happy where you're at. And you know, I think so much in life is like it's about like it's not a we rank a lot of people, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Bill Russell, based on like how many titles they have, which is great. And they, and we should, but there's something to be said about someone being happy where they are and giving everything to what, you know, that team or that city or whatever. So you really don't see a guys start a career somewhere and finish it. Whether so it's, do you,
1: do you think there's anybody on the roster right now that is loyal to the team where you don't think they'd bail if given the right amount of money?
0: Hmm. I think so i I would say there's a guy actually he's an offensive lineman too, Joel batonio, okay, I think I he's been that. with the browns forever um and he's a potential future hall of famer um I would say him for sure i you know money talks money talks and and there's not a a ton of loyalty in sports anymore, but you know I would be remiss to I'd be remiss to like you know maybe leave someone off because you know, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think, I think there's a lot of loyal loyalty with certain people, but if you're not winning, you better be getting paid. You know what I mean? If you're at the top of your position. So um, I, I, there's a lot more that would take the, take the bag and run. You know what I mean? I think
1: uh, like Nick Chubb has the personality that he may. Good
0: example. Yeah. Good example. Because running backs, running backs anymore, or a dime a dozen or plug and play. Nick Chubb is a different oh, beast, yeah. different animal. I don't know. Have you seen any of those videos of him lifting where the bar is just like, it's literally bending um, because he's he's like squatting 600 pounds. And it's, it's just an unbelievable. But he is an absolute freak. I think Nick Chubb might might fall into that category. But We'll see. Will the Browns want to pay him? Will they want to keep him? Um, There's a a lot to be said on that. So um, we're not going to cover the – we'll talk about the game next week. Thursday, we're not going to talk about the game because it's a preseason game. Chances are most of the starters won't even be playing much. Um, But it's a cool experience for fans to drive down from – whether it's Youngstown or Cleveland or Akron or whatever, and get there to Canton. So like I said, if you've never been to Canton, I, I've been to one hall of fame game before. It's a really, really cool experience. Um, a lot of cool stuff going on. Again, you're not going to see the elite of those rosters. Garrett Wilson, uh, Aaron Rodgers probably isn't going to play for the jets, um, but they're going to be there. They're going to be in uniform. They're going to go through warm warm-up, stuff like that. So at least you get to see those guys on the field. And Again, it's the first football game really since the Super Bowl, you know, excluding the XFL and the USFL. So, uh, but it's, it's it's, I just think that's really cool. You know, the NFL season always starts in Canton and it always ends in the Super Bowl. So just a really cool thing.
1: You remember when they uh, painted
0: the field with
1: like, (laughs) Plaster or yes. something.
0: Yeah, that was like five, six, seven years ago. And it was so hot, like yes. they couldn't play on it because uh-huh. their cleats wouldn't get into the surf or something. <laughs> Lesson learned. Lesson learned. So hopefully well, we,
1: we drove by there on the way home last night yeah. and they were busy doing field prep. And oh, I so, bet
0: hopefully not painting.
1: I didn't see any painting. Go. <laughs> okay. So I think okay. We're good.
0: <laughs> yeah, but the best thing with the Hall of Fame game is. Getting more reps, the Browns get an extra week of practice. The Jets get an extra week of practice. I know the Browns have been down in West Virginia, uh at the Greenbrier Resort. Um, you know, getting their reps in, getting their training in. And the NFL's a little different this year because there's only one cut-down day. Remember, they used to like start at 90 and then go to 75 and then yes. 65 and then uh 53. Now it's going from 90 to 53. Seriously. Like one cut. That's it. Ouch. So so the Browns and the jets get a little bit more time to, you know, kind of look over their team and, and see what happens there. So do
1: so. they, they just get to keep everyone one on longer. Is that how it happens? Uh,
0: basically. And then um, I'm, I'm not sure I'll have to look into when the cut is, but I'm guessing it's probably right after that last preseason game. Um, so we'll see. Gives guys a chance to shine. Yeah. And especially those end of the roster guys, that are going to be fighting an Anthony Schwartz type player, you know, like, you know, people like that. This is your chance to, Hey, step up. And this hall of fame game might be their best chance. So do you get, do you give
1: any chance for Anthony Schwartz?
0: I'm going to say now, yes, because the Browns signed that Marquise Goodwin in the off season. He right now is on, I think it's called the pupless, which is physically unable to play because he has like some sort of, um, Uh, blood thinning issue or clotting issue so he is not going to be able to practice or play for a little while so he was kind of that speedster that like you know that took that anthony schwartz role so i give him a slight chance to make the team based on his one skill you can't coach which is blazing speed so i will give him a 12% 12% chance to make the 12, roster okay. 12. Yeah. Before it was one <laughs> before it was one. So he's up to 12% now. Now so. after
1: his first appearance, I want to ask you to alter that and see if he's gone yeah. up or down. Yeah. In stock so we'll check in that.
0: next Tuesday and yeah. see, and see how that goes. But I'm going to say 12% chance. So, and if
1: he drops one ball, he's dead. Done. To
0: you. He's gone. <laughs> he's gone. Do not drop any balls. You're you have, this is your prime time opportunity. So, We're talking about the Hall of Fame and some of the greatest of all time. That brings me to this week's top five Tuesday list. I'm not going to put the list up yet because there's a little uh, fun little wrinkle in here. So I came up with what I think is the top five defenses of all time in the NFL of all time. So um, I'm going to give you my honorable mentions first. The teams that did not even make the top five. So the 91 Eagles. The Super Bowl champion, uh, 2002 Buccaneers, 1986 Giants, which had Lawrence Taylor, 2015 Broncos, won the Super Bowl, had Von Miller at his peak. Um, Last year's Eagles, which were phenomenal, I think uh, might have set the all-time sack record. 2013 Seahawks, which won the Super Bowl that year as well. And the 1969 NFL champion Chiefs. So those are my honorable mentions. Now, I'm going to go five to one with my all time uh, top 10 defenses in NFL history. I'm going to start with number five. (laughs) You already saw it. So
1: (laughs) I I, I read number two. I was like,
0: how could anybody beat number two? Like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> number five, the purple people eaters, the 1969 Minnesota Vikings, a very talented, especially defensive line. Uh, number four, the 1976 Steelers, the steel curtain defense, just a, a great team uh, there. Number three, this is a team of my era that I remember and that I was a little bit bitter about because they won the Super Bowl and the Browns had you know, recently left, but the 2000 Baltimore Ravens, Ed Reed, um, Ray Lewis, just a phenomenal defense. Number two, a lot of people might say this is number one, the 1985 Chicago Bears, the refrigerator Perry, and they just they were absolutely loaded on defense. And then number one, you got to go with OJ's <laughs> legal team, his legal defense. So, yeah, uh, you know, you got Kardashian in there, Johnny Cochran uh there's a there's a ton of good ones in there so i thought we'd have a little fun with that so that was good oj's legal team uh wins the nfl best uh defensive team of all time so i thought we'd have some fun with that a little (laughs) mix it up a little bit so uh we'll check in again uh but hopefully just The best thing I can hope for in the Hall of Fame game is some of those end of the roster guys get some good exposure. You know, it's a good turnout for Joe Thomas and everyone stays healthy. That's kind of like the best thing you want to get everyone to that Cincinnati Bengals game uh, in week one. uh, They're healthy. And then I don't know if you heard about Joe Burrow when he was out, but Joe Burrow. Looked like he tore his Achilles, but he did not. It ended up just being a calf strain. But uh, a lot of nervous people down there in Cincinnati. And he's probably going to be out three to six weeks, which season starts in six weeks. So it's going to put him in question for that opening week against the Browns. So that would obviously be a big lift for the Browns. Uh, not the end-all be-all if he misses one or two games, but you know, puts them behind the eight ball a little bit. So we'll see. All right, let's switch to uh, Cleveland Guardians baseball. Uh, They have made two trades this week. They've sent out Ahmed Rosario uh, to the Los Angeles Dodgers. They brought in Noah Syndergaard, first uh, formerly of the New York Mets. Had a great, great career for a while, but was kind of always injury-plagued. Now, this is a good trade because, for me, in in my opinion, the Guardians – Unload their starting shortstop. However, he was not going to be sticking around for a long time. He was going to be probably out the door uh, at the end of the year. Um, they bring in Noah Syndergaard, who has a high contract. However, the Dodgers are paying for it. The Dodgers basically sent them cash to offload uh, his contract. And he started last night, had a had a really nice start for the uh, Guardians. So good signs uh, right there. And then yesterday, which had... Twitter, which is now called X or something like that now, which it had a social media going, going wild, but uh, they sent out Aaron Savale, who's been arguably the best pitcher in major league baseball for the month of July. But the guardians are down Shane Bieber. He's injured. They're down Tristan McKenzie injured uh, Cal Quantrill injured. Um, they traded Aaron Savale, and then um, who am I missing? Zach Plisak. So, their starting five rotation uh, that started the season, none of them right now are pitching for the Guardians. So, they sent out Aaron Savale to the Tampa Bay Rays. In return, they get a top 30 prospect in all of Major League Baseball, Kyle Marzondo, and he is a Great hitting uh, first baseman, a good fielder, uh, will hit for a high average, probably 20 to 25 home runs. So think of like a more in shape, higher batting average type hitter than a Josh Naylor, uh, which hopefully this trade turns around. And I think the Guardians, I saw a lot of people hate the trade. Say you're waving the white flag and and because they're only one game back. But I actually like this trade because the guardians are are kind of towing that line between building for the future and competing this year. So will it hurt the guardians a little bit this year? Yes, of course, but it will uh, not end their season. They still can be competitive and they can still get after it a little bit. And they also bring in a uh, dynamic first baseman who uh, we hope uh, will be a, a, building block four or five type hitter for the future. Um, So, real quick check in. They are one game back of the Minnesota Twins. Basically, you flip their record 54 and 53 for the Twins, 53 and 54 for the Guardians. Uh, So, you got to win this division if you want to make the playoffs. So, we'll see what happens. But currently, 3.86 ERA, which is sixth best in baseball, 253 batting average. Doesn't sound great, but it's 13th best in all the major leagues. So, that's where we sit. The trade deadline is. approaching Fast and Furious. I think it's 6 p.m. today. I expect them to make another uh, move or to maybe acquire some pitching or maybe, uh, you know, do kind of one of those two-for-one t- trades to, uh, you know, send out. Uh, maybe they, they're they very heavily loaded at the infield position. Uh, maybe they can send out some of those guys and bring in a starting pitcher to help them for the rest of the season. All right. We are one less than one month away to the college football season, which is just absolutely crazy. Uh, We are going to be uh, talking some YSU football here soon. Um, with the College Football Radio Network. Uh, I have guests on scheduled soon. We also have Steve Hellwagon from Bucknuts 24-7 Sports that's going to be joining us in the near future here too to talk about Ohio State. He was just at Big Ten Media Days last week in Indianapolis. He will join us soon to uh, talk to us about the Buckeyes and what's going on with that. So uh, some exciting stuff with college football. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on college football today, uh, but – we do want to talk about this guy, Jimmy Harbaugh. <laughs> Jimmy Harbaugh uh, got, in, got in some trouble, a little bit of hot water with the NCAA. Uh, he will serve a four-game suspension. If you've seen Michigan's schedule, it is kind of a joke but outside of Penn State and Ohio State. They're, you know I think they play teams like UConn, Bowling Green, uh, East Carolina. Uh, will be like three of the four games he misses, so not going to be a a, a, um, a challenge. You know, you could pretty much throw just about anybody on uh, to head coach that team. Uh, now, Michigan will be very good. They're going to be a preseason. I would expect them preseason top four, if not top two team uh, going into this year. They are very talented, very, very, very good. Um, and as of now, the game is a pickem between Ohio State and Michigan. Now we're you know, however many days away till that uh, Thanksgiving Day weekend. But, uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh ends up getting suspended for four games, basically for lying to NCAA investigators. You know who lost their job for lying to NCAA investigators? Another guy named Jim, Jim Trussell. And for, you know, I'm not saying what Jim Harbaugh, like his faults were bad, like, I think it was something like he bought some meals and then he lied that he didn't. So, but the end all be all is he was criticizing that behavior before and then he gets, you know, it, I the world of NIL now is crazy because you know, kids are getting bentley's and you know hundreds and thousands of dollars worth of stuff or money and you know we're talking about like buying meals for kids and stuff like that which is ridiculous but i think it was the cover-up and the lie so i don't know your thoughts on jimmy harbaugh getting suspended
1: i I mean i'd like to see everything bad happen to him because i just Mm -hmm. dislike him but it seems pretty petty like you said that yeah i mean it's a couple meals um, yeah right but I do agree with you, like the a four-game suspension. Why don't they just let him pick the games he chooses?
0: To? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, if you want to make the suspension harsh, make it for the Big Ten season where maybe he misses like a Penn State game or an Indiana game or, you know, like a Maryland game, something like that, where it's at least more competitive. But, you know, Urban Meyer got suspended the first three games of, I think it was 2018. Um, and, you know, this this is not... Uh, a standalone story in college football. However, it's kind of funny when it happens to Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> but, uh, but we'll see. I have no idea how long he plans to stick around uh, college football, but, uh, but you know, he's got a really good team this year. So we'll, we'll see.
1: I was really surprised that he didn't make the jump when he could. To mm-hmm. throw. I really did. I,
0: I think, I think this could be his best team it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win the Big Ten or or go to the playoff or anything like that, but uh, I think he thinks maybe this could be his best last shot, mm. and uh, we'll see. But starting next year, twelve teams get in the playoff, and if you get in the playoff, you got a chance. Uh, this year is the last year of the four team playoff, so we'll see. But uh, so a lot more uh, people are going to get tickets to the the party, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. So. Uh, So we'll see. But uh, I I think his future, I think he's going to do one more shot at the NFL uh, going forward. So, and he's just a weird, weird dude, but uh, we'll get into some more weird talk here in a little bit. But uh, I do want to touch on a serious note, and this is a really scary story, but LeBron James son last week, Bronny James suffered cardiac arrest at a USC practice Um, was released from the hospital is in was in stable condition, by all accounts is back to normal uh and good. But I mean, you gotta think like this is a kid at the peak level of his fitness, health, uh performance, and suffers a, a heart attack basically on the court, which is again, we've heard about this, we've seen that happen. In especially basketball before last year we had the Demar Hamlin thing, which was a totally separate incident. but that's pretty it's pretty damn scary. So, um, Joe, I don't know like like what's your thoughts on like on just the overall situation like of you know a, a peak athlete having a heart attack there? Yeah,
1: see that it, it always scares me, especially like I, I know these athletes are getting bigger, they're getting stronger, mm-hmm. they're putting their bodies through more. And you know, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often than that, yeah, because I mean, even though they're they're framed up and they're you know they're big dudes, I, I just don't think the innards are mm-hmm. you know keeping up with what the outers are doing. so I, I just hope this is an anomaly. yeah, but right. I, I, I fear that it's not
0: that's that's an interesting way of looking at it. You don't think about that too. and um, yeah, these guys are just getting bigger and stronger and faster and um, but like you said the the core, you know, Organs, they're not growing as well either. So, um, very interesting point. And um, as a former high school coach and and stuff too, I always had to be trained in um, you know with the defibrillator and AED and 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 stuff like that. So, make sure if you're, you know, it's not a bad thing to just go take a first aid course to go get certified for CPR, um, you know, in the defibrillator and all that stuff because. Uh, you know, I mean, like I said, this is a peak athlete and you never know just when that stuff can happen. Well, Pretty you, scary. You know,
1: there was a while that during uh, like football, early football practice, when they were doing two a days, when it was a thousand degrees yeah. outside, there was a bunch of kids that were getting heat stroke. Mm-hmm. And they made some changes. You yeah. don't hear about it quite as much anymore. Yeah,
0: yeah that's very, very. Um, we had a local athlete who was one of the best Ohio State players of all time, went to the Minnesota Vikings, was an all pro. Corey Stringer from Warren Harding he ended up dying on the practice field because of that. And I think because of his death, uh, they made a lot of changes in the NFL and that trickled down, excuse me, that trickled down uh, to all the college and the the youth sports as well, because that's a very, very scary thing. So, um, you know, we got to remember, these guys are athletes and stuff too, but, uh, you know, these men and women are are people first and foremost. So um, great points. All right. Uh, another sad story, but we're going to make it a little bit comical, but Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, as he was known, uh, he has passed away, sadly, uh, had had cancer and, and passed away. But, uh, you know, most people would remember him from Pee Wee's Playhouse. If you're about my age, uh, you probably remember Pee Wee's Playhouse as a kid, the talking chair and like the shutters that would open and talk and stuff like that do you ever watch that show growing oh, yeah. up Love yeah do you ever These big adventure yeah the the movies were actually kind of good I'm, Pe- a, I'm
1: a rebel just <laughs> i'm
0: a, i'm a loner not, uh, not a rebel <laughs> um but there is uh i'm trying to think what it what it was there was uh one of the movies he gets in like uh, they go to the Alamo and, you know, like there, there's a lot of really cool stuff in that in that. And the whole thing with the stolen bike was yeah. the plot of the one. There was big top Pee Wee, I believe. Um, but, you know, obviously had his uh, issues. Yes.
1: Second most infamous shooting in a theater.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Uh. I didn't. I I knew the gun was cocked. I didn't know it was shot.
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I ruined everything. No, it was good. It
0: was good. Speaking of uh, speaking of funny things and yeah. interesting things, um, I was actually in Colorado last week, and I went up to Estes Park, which is the home of uh where dumb and dumber w- was filmed a lot of it the hotel scenes and it's also the inspiration uh the stanley hotel for where stephen king wrote the shining so i was able to go on the tour i knew some stuff about it but it was really really cool um have you ever seen the shining
1: oh yeah it's like favorites. to me
0: one of the best horror movies of all time Absolutely. um just really really great and apparently so on the tour the tour guide was telling us that um uh, Stephen King, who was like an alcoholic at the time was really struggling. I think he was um, a professor at the university of Colorado went up there to kind of clear his head. So him and his wife were the only two guests in the hotel. It was like the last night it was open, kind of like in the shining and he uh, stumbled down there. The bartender was named Grady there. That's where that, that came from. But she said um, on the, on, you know, he goes down, then goes to bed, and he dreamed that his son was there with him, which he wasn't. And he dreamed he got out of his crib or wherever he was and walked out in the hall, and this um, fire hose like turned into like a serpent and like wrapped up his son. And that's where the inspiration of the movie came from. Kinda, he kind of had like that formulated in his head, mm-hmm. went down, read it all, wrote it all down, kind of at least the outline of it. And uh, that's where, that's where that came from. So, um, so that's where that came from. And then Dumb and Dumber, the, the part, uh, which was pretty cool, you know, when they pull up in like the Lamborghini and they find all the money and they like handing out money and stuff like that, uh, where he chases, I think it was Mary upstairs, the tackler. And then in the bar scene, this was, I had to like recreate this. So in the bar scene, cause I was just there by myself. Uh, He's sitting there like waiting for for like I think Mary who like ends up standing him up and stuff and uh, just drinking some whatever Coors Light or something and uh, then ends up leaving and on the on the wall I took a picture of the same frame. Uh, it says man walks on the moon and when he leaves, he's just like, so excited. We landed on the moon. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so I didn't scream it like that, but, uh, but I, I just thought that was cool. I had to get a picture of that. So, uh, that was, that was a pretty neat experience. And on our tour, there was one door. I will say like, it didn't like freak me out, but there was a couple like 10, 11, 12 year olds on the tour as well with their parents. Uh, one door is just like randomly opened and shut which maybe that's a trope that they use and stuff, but it was a little creepy because there was no one there. There was no buttons or anything like that. And it just like randomly opened and shut. And like a couple people got freaked out, which was kind of neat to see. Cause I know you do like the ghost hunting stuff. And um, so one of the most haunted haunted hotels in America, from what I understand. So, and I, we didn't go up to the fourth floor, but uh, the fourth floor is, supposedly the most haunted area of the hotel. So didn't get to check that. All right. I'm ready. Last topic, Mm -hmm. last topic. And it's going to be a good one. Last Mm -hmm. week I was out of town. So I downloaded a podcast and listened to it on the airplane about, I kind of got the um, bullet points of the congressional hearing Mm -hmm. on the UAP UFO uh, whatever you want to say, um, hearing. So they had three members testify, three people testify. So the whistleblower in the case was, his name is David Grush. He was a 14 year U S Navy pilot, David Fraver, who was his commanding officer. I believe they were based in San Diego. they like right, right by there. And then another U S Navy pilot, Ryan Graves. So those were the three members, at least that I know of that testified before Congress um, and this isn't like, I, th- I believe you'd still swear in, um, but you're technically not under oath where, you know, they can throw you in jail or whatever, but this seems like these guys were telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So I wrote down five bullet points, the five main things I took away and I want to get your opinion and then any other opinions you have okay. on that. So let's start with the first one. Mm-hmm. Congress pushes for UAP and UFO transparency. It's pretty self-explanatory, yes. right? Like. That, that should go without saying like, why, why do you think, let me ask you this question. Why do you think the government would want to cover up any findings or investigations they might have?
1: So I think two things. I think one, it's a really good way to guise experimental stuff so mm-hmm. they can always tag it on to that. Okay. And because if we if everybody just knew it, then be like, hey, well, I saw it wasn't that. And it, it's mm-hmm. it's a nice little cloak that you can put uh, other stuff. And the second one is freaking panic. Some people would lose their minds. That's a good point.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just the general public losing their minds is an Dangerous. interesting thing. And I saw there's something called the Fermi paradox, which means like, you know, there are either there's either aliens or there's not. And I think it's something like there i'm going to paraphrase it goes something like there's two possibilities we're either alone in the universe or we're not and both are equally terrifying yeah. um so there's there's only two possibilities you know there's no in between there so um
1: and, and the theory is that mm-hmm. you know uh, humanity eventually would be spacefaring and take over planets yeah. And if we're the only ones, it means mm-hmm. that we're just at the very beginning of that. And then we just haven't done that yet. Sure. Or we're not at the beginning. And there are other ones that have, you mm-hmm. know, civilizations before us.
0: Interesting. Yeah. And supposedly we're not far along, like in our, you know, our, uh, whatever you want to say, like I our, think our process. Type, yeah.
1: We're, we're type two civilization. So, and, and how many possible five, five? five. Okay. Yeah. So five is when they take over all of the energy of the sun.
0: Oh, yeah. So you're like harnessing that energy yeah. to for power. Yeah. Okay. Put a
1: Dyson sphere. Ever hear that? I,
0: I have heard. Those yeah. are like rings, right? Yeah. Okay. Rings
1: and it captures all of the heat energy. Hmm. And
0: yeah. Looks like we have a little Dyson sphere That's, up here. That is,
1: yeah, <laughs> Prototype. All right.
0: Here's the second bullet point I came down. This is maybe. Well, this is the second most like mind blowing one to me. The government is absolutely in possession of uaps
1: 100 percent, yeah for sure and
0: this is a guy that i mean i'm telling you was a 14 year old 14 year old 14 year u.s navy pilot all right was, so let, let's
1: do some definitions sure here. sure so if they don't know where it came from so if portugal mm-hmm. had some kind of whatever and it sure. landed here would that be considered A UAP because we don't have identification. We don't know where it is.
0: Right. That's true. But we're talking unworldly, something that is I I, yeah. And I think they're talking about like this isn't, you know, who are we most worried about? China and Russia. And they basically are saying, this isn't Chinese, this isn't Russian, this isn't ours. We're probably the only three capable of that kind of technology. Now I don't want to limit anyone else, but we probably are. There's very, very smart people in many, many countries that could maybe do that. But do they have the, the means? Do they have the, the you know infrastructure behind them to kind of create this technology? Probably not. So absolutely in possession of UAPs is kind of a scary or interesting or exciting thought, no matter which way you might look at it. Yeah. So, okay. So that's the second bo- bullet point. Third one. This one to me is like, you know, those eye emojis that like that to me, this is the eye emoji one, non-human biologics were found at crash sites. That to me is like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. So thoughts on that?
1: Well, my, my theory is this. So we've had a bunch of extinction events on Uh the planet, right? Which means there maybe we're a race of people or whatever that, you know, fled this planet before the extinction event and maybe some of them came back here so they might be like relatives just, <laughs> just, relatives, just coming back to say hey
0: so so we've had extinct so you're talking about like extinction events like the dinosaurs that yeah was so like, the
1: guys that made the pyramids I'll okay say, right? okay and we're like ah oh, something's gonna happen we're all gonna die right okay and so they escape and go to a different planet and they've been living there for a couple thousand years okay
0: but so the pyramids were built people think anywhere from like five to twelve thousand years years ago in that ballpark
1: probably wrong but yeah yeah
0: yeah but like well in that neighborhood we're not talking hundreds of thousands maybe. of years oh maybe, maybe okay yeah. maybe it was a civilization
1: I, that you knew how to do stuff so than us.
0: even if we had a mass extinction event an asteroid or, or whatever wouldn't there be some signs of that technology still left that we could probably uncover or have found out by now
1: or maybe we didn't they just hit it from
0: us that's Okay.
1: It's maybe an area fifty-one, and that's okay. all the previous last civilization technology. Okay. You not visit here; it's been here all along.
0: Okay. All right. Fair enough.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you knew you were going to bring this out of me, right?
0: <laughs> yes, I love it. That's why. That's why. That's why we have have some fun. That's why we end with this too. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, and they've also reported. So David Fravor, Ryan Graves, David Grush, stigma associated with sightings uh, silencing possible witnesses. So basically threatening men in black type stuff. Um, thoughts on that?
1: Well, I mean, these are professional aviators and mm-hmm. people, professionals in the military. I would be terrified that they'd put me in the crazy category and mm-hmm. I would lose my job. Over yes. it. So, Think about it, for everybody that's speaking up. There's mm-hmm. probably 20 that saw something as like, hey, say something for me too. I don't want to lose my job.
0: Right, right. Yeah, there, there has always been a stigma with, you know, it's like always like the crazy people out in the country that see the UFOs and it's always like the town wackadoo or whatever. But now there's kind of some like taking that stigma away. It seems like to be more mainstream, people aren't necessarily like diagnosed as crazy right away when they're starting to watch this or or report this. Um, So, but there has been a stigma for many, many years. But then I think when that New York times article came out 2017, 18 ish, um, that kind of gave it a lot of like, this might be legit. So
1: I think the collective crazy has gotten worse. mm -hmm. So those crazy people aren't as crazy. (laughs) They don't seem as crazy anymore.
0: Okay. Um, And then, this is one. So if you've seen the Tic Tac video um, and basically, if you don't know what that is, it's a, one of the UFOs UAPs was shaped kind of like a Tic Tac. And, but they are saying this is going at supersonic speeds that we don't have the technology to do. So it, they were basically saying it was like going under the water in the ocean up to like 80,000 feet, which is space at like, I think the highest a human can go is like Mach 9 or Mach, you know, basically that's taking uh, like nine times your weight and pressing on you, you know, like you will be crushed at a certain point, um, you know, and humans can't stay in these, um, you know, whatever, you know, fighter planes or whatever it might be. They can only handle up to Mach 8, Mach 9. Mach ten, I think in top gun maverick they 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 hit uh Mach ten uh, in that, but you know it's a movie and stuff, but uh so they're saying these these things can like basically hover, they can go left, right, whereas I saw something they said for a a plane to do like a turn like these guys would do, it would take like three quarters of the state of Ohio to do a turn um like like these ships can just make these 90 degree turns so what say you on that kind of stuff with yeah this i mean technology? i've seen
1: that that tic tac video mm-hmm. and that thing is amazing and what's what's awesome about it is that different people have you know basically described the exact same setup mm-hmm. the, the second one do you remember them talking about like a cube inside of something? like a triangle or yeah. something yeah all the, I mean, those are reported all over the coast that these things are just hanging out in these groups over the ocean. Mm-hmm. And for everybody to have the same account.
0: That's true. In
1: different parts of the country. I mean, just amazing.
0: And like we said, it's not your like crazy town kook. Right. This is like naval air, you know, naval commanders and stuff like that. So, but, per- but
1: honestly, it, it, if it is technology that Russia's using to do something, mm-hmm. I mean, we got to have a good handle on it. Once we know what it is, they might feel more comfortable saying it's little green men or whatever, right, but yeah. in the first and foremost, you got to report it so that they can min- make sure it's not anything dangerous.
0: Now you, you said about water. Yeah. Do you think there's possibility like these things are That's where I'd be. in the ocean? Oh
1: heck. Yeah. I would just be hanging out in the sky. I mean, mm-hmm. we know very little about the ocean. They can go to depths wherever they want. They can stay hidden for. What is it?
0: We've discovered like two to 5% yeah, of the ocean or something any. like that. That's crazy. That's crazy. I don't, I don't like going in past my knees personally, but it's, <laughs> it is shark week, you know, but, um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty insane to think about. Um, and, and a lot of things I've heard too, are they're seen over like these naval bases uh-huh. and, or not naval military bases. And there's this theory where maybe they're afraid that, uh, I don't know. When I say there, I don't know, even know what I mean. But like uh there might be a possibility of like warning us about like not destroying ourselves, sort that's of that's it. Yeah. Previous
1: civilization, we're marching right up to an ext- extinction point. They're watching us to see if we're actually gonna pull mm-hmm. the lever on extincting ourselves. Yeah. That's a verb. And and they're gonna stop us if we get too close. Let's let's While hypothetically
0: say like Vladimir Putin, I don't know, has this like you know, terminal disease. And he's like, I'm going to go out with a bang and he could just fire up, you know, any nuclear weapons he wants. And he's like, well, I'm dying. Might as well have, you know, that's, that could be a possibility too. So yeah, keep, keep a watch.
1: Do you think they're for hire so we can hire aliens to take (laughs) Putin out?
0: Do they speak our language? I don't know. How would you even communicate? That's a great question. I don't know. There's just so many, this is to me, this is such an interesting topic. I I don't know what I believe. I like, I've always said this, like I want to believe there's, and I think we'd be crazy to think we're the only thing in this universe, galaxy, solar system, whatever it might be. Um, Because there are theoretically billions, I believe of possible planets of inhabitants. Like they said, it's something like you take all the grains of sand on earth and that's the possibility of, you know like it's
1: almost certain come on that's I, you would number. you would
0: think you would think yeah. but to me like if this actually ended up being true there's not a bigger story ever on earth like this is it mm-hmm. you know like if this ends up being true so so you got two paths here they mm-hmm.
1: they're hostile yep or they're trading partners what's it going to be
0: i would like to think i would like to think we are probably the more hostile ones because, and that's why I think it's probably portrayed like that in movies because humans, most humans are really good people. Really good. Really (laughs) most, most, not all most and wait for our show on Thursday. That's going to be all about it. The aliens will want to take those people out first. Um, But uh, not all, but I think like, you know how like in independence day, the movie is basically like aliens coming down they want to invade our planet, take all our resources, move on to the next one. Uh, Spoiler alert, by the way, (laughs) if you haven't watched it 30 years ago. Um, But I think that's like what we would perceive another thing to do, because that's what we might do. Not me, but that's what we might do. I would like to think it's probably so beyond our capacity to understand that we don't know but I would like to think it could be some sort of cohesion, like some sort of cooperative live together. I don't know. Kumbaya, whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know.
1: May- and maybe, <clears throat> maybe it takes too long to travel between planets, especially even though there's lots of, sure, lots of right. distance. So maybe all we're seeing is probes that don't even have any. That's a good point too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It could be just like a drone. Like yeah. we throw up there because I mean, if, if, like I said, humans can't, um, you know, withstand like Mach nine or whatever. can Yeah, and if they're biological creatures, they live, they die, they breathe, all that stuff. So we'll see. So always so interesting. So fun. So always, much fun. Always so interesting. So I'm gonna just throw that up real quick. That was just like kind of the the overview of uh, the the bullet points from this this week's or last week's congressional hearing. So I mean. The fact that it's in Congress, though, that, got, that that has to make even like the most skeptical person that might raise an eyebrow. So I don't well,
1: know. If anybody's going to jack it up, it's going to be Congress. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> that's a good be, point. We're better off like the Boy Scouts of America that's, handling it rather than freaking Congress. That's a good point. Because right now they're like. Are they going to pay taxes? (laughs) Do they vote?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we, we shall see. But, um, so we did the show today at one Thursday. We're going to go back to, um, our three 30 normal time slot. Uh, we are bringing in a couple guests that, uh, they have been on before. Joe hopefully is going to join us for that show, but we're going to hopefully Jeremy, depending on his schedule, will join us from Youngstown pizza reviews and, uh, both both luke and isaac from the l mlo bros now uh here's what we're going to be talking about this is going to be an interesting one because we're going to do a draft so i'll I'll come up with the draft order depending on who's in who's out and all that stuff but we're going to be drafting uh people (laughs) very specific people that piss you off okay now not using names Not identifying one person. Bob Smith can't say that. Groups of people. But you could say a
1: certain mayor of the city can say that. Sure, sure. Yeah. But we're gonna, we're
0: gonna make it generic. But make it how about I say we're gonna make it specifically generic. Okay. Does that make more sense? So, or another title or theme might be everyday villains. So I'm not talking about someone that goes in and robs a bank. That's a criminal, you know, that's a that's a villain, but I'm talking about an everyday villain, someone that is just out to kind of ruin your day. That person that cuts you off in traffic or leaves their shopping cart out, you know, stuff like that. Um, uh, that's an everyday villain. So that's an example. And that's what we're going to have some fun with that. And I think that's going to be a really fun show because, um, we're still not quite into college football. We're, st- you know, the NFL, um, will kick off that night, but we're not going to get into, uh, a breakdown of the Jets uh, Browns preseason game, but uh, we're going to have some fun with this draft. And I think it's going to be a really good time. So if you have any suggestions, send them in. I got a list of 20 to 25 already. Um, it's going to be so, so good. good. Like, believe me, like I, cause you know, last week. So I already did like a, like an Instagram live. I was in a uh, target and um, parking lot and I was um, just walking and I counted 10 shopping carts just out randomly. So to me, I'm like, those people are everyday villains. Just put your damn shopping carts away, you know? Um, But I also flew on the airplane. Actually, everyone was well behaved on the airplane. So I have no complaints with my last uh, two flights, but there's so many examples of people and I don't want to give them away yet because we're going to have them on the show. uh, But, Maybe you think I'm an everyday villain or Joe or maybe Luke or Isaac. Definitely those two probably. But uh, but uh, we're, we're going to have some fun with it and go with it. So ex- expect uh, a good one on Thursday. We'll be back down here at Youngstown Studio at 3.30 with Joe, with Luke, with Isaac, and maybe Jeremy if he can call in. We'll, so we'll see. So for Joe, I'm Justin. This was the 330 Sports Show on Youngstown Studio. Everyone have a great day, and we will talk to you soon.
1: Thank you for listening to this show on Youngstown Studio. If you like our programming, we invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow our Facebook page, or subscribe to your favorite podcast platform like iTunes or Spotify. This is original Youngstown content,